Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 572 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and my guest this week is Agatha Andrews. Agatha is the host of the She Wore Black podcast and she's a former librarian. So she has summer horror wrecks, perfect for romance readers. We also are going to talk about activism in Texas and the origins of Purse Bingo as a charity fundraiser. If you are involved in nonprofit fundraising, this part will be kind of mind-blowing. Plus, we talk a lot about what happens when Taylor Swift fans and StokerCon share the same hotel. I will have links to all of the books that we talk about and where you can find Agatha and her podcast in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I have a compliment, and this always makes my entire week, to Jeanette D. You are the human personification of the feeling of warmth and delight that you get when you see lightning bugs at sunset. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge, thank you. You are keeping me going. You're making sure that every episode has a transcript. Hey, garlic knitter. And you're making sure that every episode is accessible. If you'd like to join the Patreon community, the benefits, I think, are pretty cool. We have the most wonderful, welcoming Discord server. You get bonus episodes every other week. And you get to tell me bad jokes. What better option could there be? If you would like to join, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you in part by Lumi Deodorant. Since we moved to Maryland seven years ago, every summer, I learn what it feels like to live in a bowl of soup, hot soup, like chowder, not a nice gazpacho, 
Thankfully, Lumi deodorant makes it easy to feel comfortable and freshly scented too. And there is a special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with code Sarah30 at lumideodorant.com. The whole family over here is so happy with Lumi. I brought the lavender sage deodorant cream with me on a vacation where we were touring extremely crowded places in very hot weather. And wow, it was effective. I also use the stick deodorant and it's great. The toasted coconut set is lovely and I don't ever have to reapply. I think about it once a day and only once a day. How does it work? Well, some products will try to mask an odor with a fragrance, but Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid, so it stops odor before it starts. It's like a pre-odorant. And Lumi can control odor for up to 72 hours. It's a first-of-its-kind product, too. It was designed to be safe to use anywhere on your body, even your feet. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SARAH30 at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off the starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SARAH30. All right, are you ready to talk horror, purse bingo, and assorted other mayhem topics? Let's do this on with the podcast. Hi, I am Agatha Andrews, and I am the host of the She Wore Black podcast. I am a writer, but my show also features gothic mystery and horror with a lot of romance thrown in there as well. Yes, this is why I like it. So (laughs) you just got back from StokerCon, which is uh, awesome because actually Pittsburgh is my hometown. That is where I was born and raised. So you were in my hometown and I hope you enjoyed it. More than I can say. Well, first off, let me tell you, um, we shared our hotel and we shared Pitts, well, shared Pittsburgh and we shared our hotel with, uh, Swifties. And so. Oh my was, God, the energy. It was amazing. That sounds it was so amazing. Fun. Where oh were my, you staying? At the Sheridan at that station. Um, what station is it called? Square. The, station Square. Yes. And so half our hotel was, sequins and pink sparkles and half of us were all in black and they were so cute sarah because they they we like someone heard them say and and we all delighted in this like why why are half of everybody here in black and someone said i think they're going to a dracula concert (laughs) (laughs) it was the most precious thing we'd ever heard we were all like i want to go to a dracula concert i mean we're down that. Can you imagine <laughs> the shirts for a Dracula concert? They were oh so my cute. Gosh. <laughs> so they, but they were all very sweet. And a lot of them are also sort of that, um, I forget what it's called, but like where you have like that uh, whimsigoths, if you will. So they appreciated that there's horror writers like running around them and everything. Whimsigoths. It was, yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> So uh, in addition to sharing my hometown with Swifties, which is adorable. It was pretty great. How was StokerCon? Well, it was my first Stoker. And I will say this about Pittsburgh, because I know you're curious. Um, I am in Central Texas, so I'm used to a lot of trees and hills, but nothing like what what I saw when I landed in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I had... No idea. I mean, all I really knew about Pittsburgh was Andy Warhol right. and the Steelers. And the Steelers by name made me think it was very industrial. It is one of the greenest cities. And oh, yeah. I mean, this is 
I've spent time in like Cincinnati and other green areas in San Francisco. I used to live in San Francisco. This was gorgeous. You have a gorgeous hometown. Isn't it beautiful now? So I was born in, in 1975. So I was alive for the very tail end of the steel industry. Like the wheeling strike was when I was a like a toddler. And I remember seeing as I drove down the highway, seeing the remains of different mills on the on the river. They're all gone and it's completely renovated. It's green. It's beautiful. Like when you have some, an area that's so industrial and then it becomes like art and trees. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's amazing. But StokerCon was great. It was, you know, you get the awards for, um, you know, that's our annual conference. So I know, I know RWA is no longer what it should be or once was, or I don't even know what it, I know all the things about RWA, but this is like the horror version. Yeah. And. We, we have substantially fewer problems. There are still things, of course, like any organization that they're still working on, but they're working very hard. And one of the things that was really great this year was, um, the first two or the, the first Latino, um, the, the first one was a Latina. The second one was Latino, uh, awards, Stoker awards were given out. Yay. Um, so- we're thrilled. We were absolutely thrilled. Um, Sita Palayo won for uh, Best Poetry Collection for Crime Scene, and Gabino Iglesias won for uh, Best Novel. He won for The Devil Takes You Home. You know, and as a Texan, I'm waiting next for We Get Ghoulish Festival here in San Antonio, and that's a little bit more punk rock, if you will. We yeah. have... Uh, um, you know, a, a very cool, very thriving horror scene in Texas. We have a very good literary scene. We have the Texas Book Festival. There's a lot of things going on in Texas that you would never expect because <laughs> we have a reputation for other things, you know, but we have some really wonderful, again, very diverse horror writers. So Johnny Compton wrote The Spite House, which is a phenomenal haunted house uh, novel, you know, written by, I mean, he's a spectacular Black debut author. Um, and it is that that book is taking off, um, absolutely taking off. So we're very excited about that. I'm excited about Stargazers by L.P. Hernandez. And Rhonda Jackson is this amazing um Black writer from from Houston. I mean, we've just got this wonderful, diverse culture, and we all have each other's backs. You know, <laughs> we go to everything. Yep. It's wonderful. That's the best feeling when you go to your conferences and you see like your people. It's the yeah. best energy. Yeah, I kind of yeah. miss it. So I want to ask you. Speaking of horror in Texas, and um, yes, the, the political <laughs> horror show. I know yes. you're really very much involved in a lot of different activist communities in Texas. And like you said, there is a lot of misconception about Texas, which I myself had until we spoke. And I wanted to ask you, what are you involved in locally? Well, activism has been a part of my entire life. Uh, my mother raised me that way. Um, she's, oh, I mean, still, um, she's in her 60s and still going strong with being a very centralized um, person and home uh, for political campaigns and things like that, that, um, you know, for, for movements that are important to us or for, for policies that are important to us. So that was something I've always known as a very, I mean, from the age of nine, I've been out there doing the work. Um, So one of the things that I have found for me, I do, I try to help with, with organizations, but what I have found works for me and everybody has to find what works for them. Um, and, 
And if you do it and you do it well and you go all in, you're going to make a bigger impact. So what works for me are to be involved with local politics. Um, through like statewide um, because like when Beto O'Rourke was running and we do know like for anybody who's not aware, it's not that Texas uh, voters are are very red. We are gerrymandered. The voter oppression is strong. Um, they will, you know, close most polling areas and places that um, are heavily blue, which are often populated by people of color. Um, so they will close polling locations so that hundreds of thousands of people will have one polling location available to them. You will, ha- they will have. And then um, they have to wait in line for 10 hours to vote, which is a lost yeah. days of wages. That's, that's a lot of childcare. Illness, everything else, right? Yeah. And then, and then what will happen is that that single polling location, the, the electricity will magically stop working. Oh um, my goodness. Or, yeah, like random things like this. But Ken Paxton, who's our uh, attorney general, um, also does things like, uh, Houston, which is very heavily democratic. He will shut down the, the count. The, the voting count with like when, when Beto was running, there was still like, um, like over 600,000 votes still left to count. He shut that counting down. He also purged over 2 million, uh, mail-in ballots. Uh, and so that were all people that were, you know, trying to avoid COVID things. So people that tend to be Democrat, um, or vote blue were those votes and he knew it. So we all know that Beto won. We all know he won um, and probably by a pretty good margin, but the votes were stopped. So what we do is do our best, or at least what I found works for me is to try to work in local levels. So city council races, school board races, and we all know that those are actually areas where a lot of the fire is burning right now. Oh, um, yes. County, county commissioner's offices. Um, so what I, I live now, I mean, I lived in Austin for many, many, many years. When I started going to UT, I just sort of never left. But I live in a in a burb now, a very cute historical Stars Hollow kind of town just north of Austin. It takes me 20 minutes to drive into downtown Austin from where I live. But the area where I live for decades, Sarah, was considered deep red and never going to change. And one of the reasons for that is invisibility. And so what we started doing was basically uh, putting boots on the ground and being very, 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 very visible Um, and just started knocking on doors and doing all of this work, which when you're in the Texas summer sun is very difficult. You know, it's 106 outside, but it feels like 118, but we're still out there doing, doing the work. And what happened is that my area is now showing light blue consistently in, in elections. We have a lot of school board uh, positions and city council positions and our state representatives are Democrats. You may have seen uh, James Tallarico, who is my state representative. He's very viral very often for putting Texas um, house conversations to rights. Um, you know, he still needs other people. However, if anybody's listening, you all need to get the, get working in your areas because J- James needs support in the house. He can't, you know, do all of the work if he doesn't have all the numbers. He does right. a lot of work and gets things done, but you know, they, they redistricted him out so that they could just get rid of him. So he moved and won that district anyway. <laughs> so it's like they, they will play every trick in the book. Um, so, you know, I've just, 
I do that for campaigns and I find that we see the most change when we get the right people in local offices, you see bigger effects so that my whole district now is light blue instead of being the deep red, never going to change kind of thing. Yeah. And that's where I see. Yeah. And that's where I see the most insidious um, involvement is school boards and library boards and local offices. Um, Somebody called the moms, what is it? Moms for Liberty, moms, yes, whatever yes. those anti-trans the group. Somebody called them Planned Karenhood. Oh shit, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so <laughs> Chef's kiss. And they're yes. they're horrible in places like Doylestown, Pennsylvania. They are just dreadful. And I realized, okay, I need to start paying attention to my school board and who's, and I'm, and I'm in a very, very blue place. Like my county is a, is a sanctuary county. My state is now a sanctuary state for trans people. Like we are extremely blue. Um, but you know, you cannot take that for granted. Do you think right. having been a librarian adds to your level of community organization? Like your ability to be like, I know what to do. I know the Dewey Decimal System organization for everything we're doing here. It's hard to say because again, I've, I've been immersed since I was a child. Yeah. My mom had me doing uh, volunteer work since the age of nine for different organizations. Um, and so like, I think it was campfire girls when I was nine years old. Yeah. I wasn't a campfire girl, but I volunteered in their offices yeah. and campfire girls were very interested in, um, like, you know, the environment yeah. and, you know, civil rights and, and justice and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't think I can remember a time when I've not been involved. I was the first president of the Environmental Society at my high school, Sarah. Awesome. Like <laughs> I got a city ordinance passed about balloon releases at the age of 18 or 17. I, Lord have mercy. I was 17 in 1991. So it's like something I've always done. So it's hard for me to say because it's always been in my life. But yeah. I mean, I imagine. So, I mean, libraries are sanctuaries for people. Yes. It's one of the few places that you can just exist. And it's such a rare thing now for young people, especially to have a place where you can just exist and just be, and you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to participate in anything. It's okay for you to just be there. That's a dying thing. It's one of the reasons why they're targets. It's not even just the books. It's because they're sanctuaries for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And they can go and learn things on their own. I mean, when you look at things like after Ferguson happened, one of the few places that people felt safe was their library and they were going there and recovering and organizing and doing all kinds of things. Um, you know, and this, I mean, again, it's one of the reasons why they're attacked because it's it's a safe space to exist. And I remember after Katrina, I went to one of the ALA nationals after, right after Katrina and um, that was right after that, that libraries has, had been designated. They had been moved up to a tier one required asset in a community that's experienced a disaster. So you have to get the fire department, the police department, and the library because everyone's going to go to the library. If they're not bleeding and they're not going to the hospital and they don't need help, but they need somewhere to go, they're going to go to the library. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is very true. Yeah. Now, on Twitter recently, you introduced me to the concept of purse bingo, and I feel like everyone who listens to me needs to know about purse bingo because I had never heard of this, and I think this is a... Please tell me everything you know about purse bingo because I think this is such a brilliant fundraiser, especially talking about conferences because one thing we used to do at RWA was show off our handbags. 
I had no idea. Oh my that gosh. People that was have not the case at Stoker. <laughs> the limited edition Kate Spade typewriter bag. That's amazing. Like Alicia Rye has one and she would speak at conferences and she would just, she'd like, I know everyone see the bag. She'd just put it on the table and be like, there it is. Well, I got everything I know from the purse bingo from one of my best, most closest, most wonderful friends who I met because she used to be a library patron. Uh, That's the kind of person. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we bonded over Neil Gaiman and the rest is history. As you do. So she is the director of a domestic violence shelter called Safer Path Family Violence Center. And if anybody wants to make a donation, I'm just going to say this now, you can do that at saferpathfvs, as in familyviolenceshelter.org. So um, the last time I mentioned that on my show, they actually got some donations and they were so excited because it's a rural community south of San Antonio. And it was just such a big deal when listeners started making donations. So I will give you purse bingo info, but it all comes from them. So this is, this is phenomenal. So local shops uh, will donate purses and jewelry. Now the jewelry is like usually used for like the goodie bags and the swag bags. Right. Um, but everybody goes there to bingo for, to bingo for these Kate Spade purses or maybe some, you know, luggage or I mean, like the whole sets will be donated um, so that they can. And these are people that just love and support everything that the shelter does. And anybody who knows what domestic violence shelters do, it can be a sanctuary, but they also provide like legal advice for anybody who's maybe being stalked, you know, this kind of thing. So, um, you know, people love them and they make all these wonderful donations. So you have designers and you have shops that will donate like for 
the big prizes as well as the door prizes and the swag bags. And you have like Vera Bradley luggage and totes and vacation sets and coach and Prada and all the names, right? Amazing. So, Picture Steel Magnolias and their daughters, like all attending these things. And what is so hysterical is that my friend said that the night starts off like, yay, when people win. But as the night wears on, people start going, girl, <laughs> they don't win. <laughs> and um, and so what, what happens is they sell the tables. And so your spot at a table for like the general tables will amount to about $75. And for the, that, you get like your main bingo cards. Right. And you like a little swag bag that has like your bingo pen and a coaster and like a couple of other things. But because we're all essentially second graders going, I want that. I want that. You have tiered tables too. So like if you get a slightly more expensive table, you'll get like a fancy cake plus those things. And then if you want an even more expensive table, you'll get like flower arrangements and a fancy cake and all of those things. And <laughs> And then like, You'll also get in those fancier tables, like the bingo um, cards for the bigger prizes. And so it's apparently a wild, wild night full of women who want purses. (laughs) Purses. Yeah. And I mean, I think... I laughed most when she told me about the evolution of emotions <laughs> throughout the evening, but it is their biggest fundraiser of the year. They've been sold out for months and it hasn't even happened yet. Oh my gosh. I feel like she said they got it from a different shelter in a different state, like, or maybe a different county or something. Right. It, she, she attended another one and they helped her form the one that they do. That's amazing. So, yeah. And yeah. it's so brilliant because one of the things I remember after Kate Spade died, there were a lot of people, especially people my age, who were saying that was my first like grown-up bag. That was when I felt like I had a real job and I bought myself a grown-up handbag and that bag meant everything to me. And there are purses that I have that I don't like carry often and I'm like, I can't, I can't part with this. I love it so much. I love the idea of purse bingo. And I just love the idea that this is something that is going to bring a lot of women to an event and raise a lot of money for a shelter. And one of the things that people forget is that like children and pets are part yes. of the family. And yes. so I mean, they have provisions for everyone. So, you know, and it's their biggest fundraiser of the year and they all have a hoot and it's a time, you know, that they get to relax because they're out there, you know, every other day of the week. Like, yeah having to fight for funds, having to fight for everything, you know, um, you know, and, and making sure that judges and police officers and everything like treat your, you have to have advocates to make sure they're treated well in those scopes. So I just really appreciate that this is their one let's let loose. (laughs) I just love the idea of all these gorgeous, wonderful, charitable women as the evening goes on, just, Uh I mean, luggage. <laughs> I mean, seeing Texas women fight for Vera Bradley luggage makes total sense to me. I mean, I can think of no clearer image. I'm surprised it's not on a book cover. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. I want that story. Right? Speaking of horror. And I want to ask you, obviously, book podcast, please tell me your horror faves for summer, fall, whatever. I would just love to receive all of the recommendations that you wish to give. 
Well, as a former librarian and as a book podcaster, you know, this is my favorite part. It's only the best part of the podcast. Like, let's just say books at each other. It sounds like a good time. Well, I was a guest before on your show. And last time I spoke about the Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. Now, for those that did not catch that, or for those that don't know what that is, that is a spectacular, one of my all-time fave books ever written of all time. <laughs> but it, you know, it's a book that's in conversation with Rebecca, except it takes place in uh, Mexico in the 19th century. So 1800s Mexico. And it's, you know, but there are differences. It's in conversation with, not yeah. necessarily necessarily a, a, a novel that's like, she's just going to slap Mexico on it. You know, it's something where like, we have a named character, we have a hot priest, right? We have, yeah. we have a hot priest that, that, you know, they bang it out. Um, <laughs> but, but she's got a new book coming out this summer. And I am very excited. I've already read it. It is it's freaking spectacular. And because Isabel Cañas comes as much from the romance world as she does the horror world, it is even more romancy, like from the very beginning on this one. Oh, um, really? It is also 18th century or 19th century. So it's 1800s. Um, but it's South Texas where oh. I'm from. Oh, and, wow. How cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's vaqueros for anybody who doesn't know what vaqueros are. Vaqueros are Mexican cowboys. So, you know, you have a curandera and a, Mex and a vaquero and you have vampires and it's called vampires of El Norte. And vampires are monsters, but there are also uh, people trying to come in and encroach on Mexico, people like, you know, Davy Crockett and people that are settling in areas where they're not supposed to. Um, and so metaphor, the metaphorically vampires takes on another meaning, but there are monsters and we see them and these vampires are unlike anything I've ever read. At one time, they feel like they're classic Hollywood, like versions of vampires at the same time that they're also entirely new um but the setting is gorgeous like i feel this beautiful heat at the same time that i feel some beautiful heat you know? <laughs> <laughs> so vampires of el norte by isabel cañas i feel everything i've picked to recommend that's a horror novel is something i think your listeners will also love thank you mm-hmm mm -hmm. And then um, another writer that I'd like to recommend for summer um, is someone that you know as Aaron Sterling, but the horror world knows as Rachel Hawkins. Yes, I do. The first one I have is Reckless Girls. Oh. So, um, a lot of what Rachel will do is kind of like what, what Isabel Cañas did with the Hacienda and Rebecca. There's something that's like a reference to a previous classic, yeah. but she, they do, she does something else entirely different. So, um, or that, that makes it her own. So reckless girls, you see these beautiful hibiscus, like pink hibiscus on this yellow cover. It looks very tropical, very islandy. That's because it is, but it's also Agatha Christie's and then there were none, but with young, sexy people in bikinis with secrets and murders. <laughs> it's like it's wonderful and they're all on a desert island there's a fancy luxury boat and like a yacht yep. you know yeah it's wonderful and then this one i i cannot get enough uh of this book it is one i will revisit time and time again this is called the villa most people i think know the origin story of how mary shelley came to write frankenstein which is that famous gothic summer with lord byron and percy by shelley and mary shelley and 
you know, basically all these beautiful young artists gathered in this, you know, VA. And there, it was basically a dark and stormy night for a very long time. And they had a writing contest. Yes. Just, okay. So that kind of thing. Well, because Rachel Hawkins is a genius, I don't know if every Aaron Sterling slash Rachel right. Hawkins. You don't know Aaron Sterling, and I can't imagine that any of your listeners don't know who that is. She wrote the X Hex. Yep. Uh, yeah, like those novels. Um, so um, she has like graduate degrees in Gothic literature, and so she uses that with these. And so what she did was take that story and the idea of like Fleetwood Mac, nineteen seventies band, like musicians and songwriters, and stick them together. And when you think about it. That totally works. That super works. And that's very horny. It is. Like extreme, it is all around. Like extreme horny. But you have like your Lord Byron character and you have your Percy by Shelley character. And they're not wow. named. She's totally done something like different character names and things like that. But it is very much the 1970s Fleetwood Mac vibe planted over that uh, gothic summertime. It was amazing. It's amazing. And it, and there's twists like that I never saw coming. It's, she, it's phenomenal and it's not very long. You'll get through that very quickly. Oh, and- yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in part because it's amazing and you'll flip the pages, like you won't want to stop flipping the pages, but also because it's not, it's not super long. And I'm just, I will reread that over and over again. It was phenomenal. It never occurred to me to look at the Lord Byron aspects of certain members of Fleetwood Mac, but now that's really stuck in my head. So yeah, it totally overlays very nicely. Well, and with the women, you have one that's slightly more famous than the other, mm-hmm. and they were friends, and then there's tension, and they're both talented, and how does this work out? And I mean, it is just, you know, and yes, again, as you said, very horny. So you have like the, all of those tensions going on, and all of those exact same things happening in Fleetwood Mac. When you go back and look at the story of Gothic Summer, that was happening. Oh, all yes. of that was happening. So I'm like, that is a perfect, how has this not been done before? It's- <laughs> So tell me what you're reading now. Well, what I'm reading now is another book that comes out this summer. Fabulous. And I absolutely worship Rachel Harrison's books. Those I will read all everything she's written over and over and over and over again. And one of the things that is I absolutely adore about Rachel Harrison is that she is absolutely a horror writer. There's no doubt that her books are horror, but she is so accessible to people who don't read horror. And people who don't read horror love her books um, because she's just, there's so much depth and layers and fun. They're so fun. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I can't recommend her entire oeuvre <laughs> enough, uh, but the one that she's got coming out is Black Sheep. And Black Sheep is takes place in a very tiny rural New Jersey, tiny, tiny, tiny town. Um, there's a religious cult. There's a fabulous woman at the helm. And I say fabulous in that she is a horror icon. So picture like an Elvira yep. kind of figure mm-hmm. at the helm. And there's um the main character is someone who managed to leave, but she's come back for a wedding and the rest unfolds. Oh, and there man. are I remember getting to the big reveal. I was on the plane to Stoker Con. And I put it down and I went, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked around and no one cared. So I was very lucky. But but it was 
Amazing. And I just love like the dynamic between mother and daughter feels very like mermaids, the movie yeah. mermaids writer and, and there. So think of like mermaids, but with a religious cult that Winona Ryder happened to flee and now she's come back for a wedding. Wow. So it's, it's amazing. She, but I mean, anything Rachel does, all of her books, like I said, are very accessible to non horror readers at the same time that you're totally reading horror. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful. And I talked about her last time I was on your show too, because yes. such short teeth had come out. And that is very much monster romance in that it's a, it's a lady werewolf. Um, For but sure. she does have, yeah, she has a love interest in that one that, you know, it was important to her to have that romance play through in a, in a positive way. Are there any other books you want to mention? So oh, yes. If you give me the opportunity to mention one more book, I absolutely will. Did I put it away already? What do we got so, here? <gasps> the this Briars. So the Briars by Stephanie Parent is something that will also appeal to specifically to your audience because it does, it is, it has a romance, absolutely has a romance um, in there, but it is a haunted house story that takes place in an old BDSM dungeon in LA. And it's called the Briars, the dungeon and the metaphor of roses and thorns that are crumbling are very, very important. Everyone who is listening has just hit pause so they could go find this book. No one is listening to us now. I know. They're all gone. (laughs) Stephanie Parent is writing from experience as a sex worker. Oh, that's so cool. A gorgeous writer, Sarah, if you'll allow me to read the first couple of sentences. We all knew a ghost haunted the dungeon's attic, but the phantom coexisted peacefully with us. She sent us playful messages, showing herself in the wink-like flickering of a candle, the giggling trickle of a faucet that no one had turned on until Mara arrived. That was when the ghost turned, like the moment the warm water of a shower runs out and becomes cold as needles, cold as knives. (sighs) Every look at this. So y'all cannot see this, but I have Mr. Darcy post-it notes. Like <laughs> oh, it's his little head is poking yeah. up above so many pages. <laughs> and there's a bazillion of them. And it's because I was marking pages and sentences. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous writer. So thoughtful, so smart. Metaphor is important. She uses mirrors in such an intelligent way. The ghost story is phenomenal. I mean, I did an episode, if anybody wants to listen, I did an episode with Stephanie about this book and you can learn more about it there. Um, also, I will, look it, I will link to it. Never fear. It is so good, Sarah. She's so smart. And, um, Hustler just their current issue of Hustler has, um, an article about her wow. and how about writing this book. Um, one of another sex worker from that dungeon, you know, is also a writer and and was able to interview her and and do a feature on her for Hustler. And we're very excited and very proud of Stephanie. She's worked very hard. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. There is definitely place. There's definitely a lot of crossover with horror and romance. There's a, you know, we call it horror-mance. Horror-mance, yep. Yeah. And there's also erotic horror, which functions different, differently, where the eroticism functions as a fear, uh, as a, a tool towards fear. So it's, wow. it's used as a device to perpetuate horror. And it's really interesting. Like, you know, we have, in fact, I'm going to show you one more. Let me grab it. 
So uh, today, this is a birthed out into the world. This is called Le Petit More, and it's from Ghost Orchid Press. This is a collection of erotic horror stories. And um, if anybody's interested, I did write the forward oh, for it. Congratulations! <laughs> it's the best forward you'll ever read. No, <laughs> just kidding. I bet it is. <laughs> but the stories are spectacular, and I'm really, really proud to to have been invited to write the forward for such a spectacular That's so piece. Cool. Yeah, there's so many things that cross over and it's really gorgeous. And so they use a lot of fairy tale because the whole point was dark fairy tale, right? but it, they're all erotic. And so it's just really fascinating, you know, to, to see all the different ways that people have been inspired by fairy tale to write those stories. Thank you so much for this awesome list. I super appreciate it. Please tell everybody where they can find you in addition to obviously She Wore Black podcast, wherever you get your tasty podcasts. <laughs> I'm at sheworeblackpodcast.com. Um, and there is where I have uh, my individual episodes as far as like, if you want the show notes. So I have all my show notes there. I also have what I'm reading, my Kofi donation and everything. But I'm also on IG um, as She Wore Black Podcast. And I'm on Twitter as She Wore Black Pod. I'm on Facebook. But, you know... <laughs> I'm just getting weirder, uh, like weirded out by both that and Twitter these days. I mean, I'm on them, but I really IG is where I'm happiest, I think, right now. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much to Agatha. I will link to all the books. Do not fear. I'm sure that many of you hit pause so you could go add them to your lists. I understand completely, but fear not. The books are always linked in the show notes. I will also have links to her podcast. And if you would like to find out more about Safer Path Family Violence Shelter, I will link to that as well. As always, I end with a terrible joke. This week's joke comes from Reddit. It is from Korar67, and I love this joke so much. Okay, serious podcaster voice. What store do stormtroopers shop at? Give up? What store do stormtroopers shop at? The store next to Target. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> oh, that one really hit me in the exact right happy spot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> next to Target. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. <laughs> next to Target. <laughs> you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.